Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Lanyard. Each week, we like to talk to somebody building a cool community or a cool business. And today, we're going to do that again with Alana Snyder, who started 605 Magazine when she was 23 years old. They just celebrated 10 years, and she's going to be on the show starting now. Well, thanks for coming in, Alana. Actually, you're not in the studio or in Yankton. You are my first remote guest, so uh, thanks for experimenting with me on that. Where are you at right now? Uh, I actually stayed at my house for this, so I've actually locked my bulldog out so he doesn't come in because he's very whiny. So, <laughs> <laughs> And he's probably not used to being locked out, so he's going to be whiny on the other end of a door right yeah, now? super happy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, I've got the yesterday in the mail, I got the new ep, new issue of 605 Magazine, and you guys are celebrating your 10-year anniversary, so I thought we could talk a little bit about the journey. Uh, I have a background in publishing myself, too, but the product you guys are putting out is just really great, so I want to figure out how you're doing it, why you're doing it, and uh, yeah, so tell me about... How you got into this magazine business in the first place? Yeah, um, it started for a couple of reasons. Uh, I wanted to use my degree um, when I went to school for print journalism, which, like, you know, everyone made fun of me for that because you can emphasize in, like, contemporary media in a lot of different things. And I chose print media. <laughs> so in 2008. Uh, so wanted to use that, and I had been working with a free publication for a little bit and kind of watched what they did and uh, really thought that something was missing for our demographic. Um, I didn't even know exactly what I wanted at the beginning, but I just knew I wanted to showcase like what was going on, um, at least locally at the time in Sioux Falls. And so, yeah, just kind of had no business doing what I was doing and um, started drawing up fake articles and like literally drawing out a fake cover and going business to business and seeing if people would support the first issue. And I got enough to feel like comfortable uh, going to print with one um, and kind of started from there. And it's obviously evolved way more since then um, and changed a lot over the years after trials and tribulations. Uh, and yeah, that's kind of how you it tell me who Can you tell me who those early supporters, those early advertisers willing to take a risk on you were? Oh gosh, if I could, a couple offhand that I remember was uh, like Zambro's Variety, like a lot of like yeah, super Jeff awesome. Gans. Yeah, he's so awesome, and he just always like when he sees people supporting like local, he just really goes for it. And I mean, he I don't even know if he totally understood exactly what was going into it, and if he even read my fake articles and how terrible they were. But he trusted me and was like, go for it. This looks cool. <laughs> so um, I definitely remember him being one. Uh, God, it's been so long. Like, again, it's been 10 years. I was freaking 23, which is insane. Right. But I had a similar conversation with Jeff probably in about the year 2000, 2001. I had been working with Tempest Magazine, which was one of the freebies that were available oh, yeah. in Sioux Falls. Yeah. Yeah, and and we Tempest was kind of winding down. There were they were going through some changes and I was looking at starting my own. And Jeff was one of the first people I talked to then and he was ready to support me, but I actually decided to start mine in Fort Collins, Colorado. So, um but oh, it was just it's interesting that he was ready to jump on yours and he was ready to help me out too at the time so he's cool such guy. a nice guy and i know like they when they started doing the co-op advertising with downtown recently like he was one of the first people on board it's just he just he's a big supporter and gotta love me some jeff he's good so um you and your husband are both working on this magazine together so john is sales and marketing and uh what's what's who's in charge how does it work are you guys a good team yeah, it just, <laughs> I mean, yeah, we're a good team, but some days, <laughs> I mean, literally we have- Not moments. sure I could work, <laughs> yeah. not sure I could work with my wife on a project like that. I know, uh, we've been doing it for so long, I think that's the only reason why it still works, but uh, we definitely have, you know, days where the staff's like singing, like, mommy's all right, daddy's all right, <laughs> 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 like we- we have to like finally like today I'm working from home. Sometimes we have to take like breaks where, um, you know, we have to do our own thing and then come back together. But no, we work really, really well together um, and we kind of do our own thing. But yeah, so John does the sales and marketing. Uh, one of his biggest projects is the 605 Summer Classic and then now the Black Hills Classic. So those music events. So he works on that for a good chunk of the year, too, along with um, like the daily sales and 
all of that stuff. Um, and then I do, yeah, the, I'm the publisher, so I kind of do literally everything. So <laughs> <laughs> the budgets on those, those music festivals have to be kind of insane. And then you're yeah. always dependent on the weather. Um, I've been in that business a little bit too. And man, so have you had some pretty rough weather experiences or have they been pretty good? Knock on wood. Like that's all I do with this event is just knock on wood. Um, it's been pretty good. I legit still, uh, and I don't know if you have this, but I still hear thunderstorms and get panic attacks or like freak out because it reminds me of like event day and you're like, Oh God, the weather. Um, or it could be your day and you think about it, but no, we've actually been pretty lucky. We had one year where it kept lightning. It didn't even, so of course we have rain insurance and uh, yes. it just kept lightning only above our event the whole weekend. So we like ended up <laughs> yeah, panicking so you... and moved it to Icon and it turned into kind of a hot mess, but it ended up being like, okay. But And insurance, of course, isn't going to pay because you paid for rain insurance, not lightning insurance or event insurance for any weather. Yeah. And last year we had it where I think it was like 15 miles away, there was lightning. Uh, and what I think a lot of people don't understand is that we don't have control on that like so it's right. what the stage guy uh adam who's really nice and awesome but it's like his equipment and his stuff so I, like when he's like nope going down then like we just have to go with it so um he felt yeah. comfortable and before skizzy mars the headliner on saturday came out uh we had to pull the stage down and then somehow we talked skizzy mars into going to wiley's the after party and like djing and kind of performing so uh, whoever followed us there got to still see him. But I felt, you know, you always feel bad when that happens because then people get angry. Some people are super nice about it. But I think I had like one beer ticket thrown in my face. That was fun. <laughs> but it's, what can you do? Yeah, so I got to I got to experience my first 605 Summer Classic last year. You had us up there as one of the the beer vendors. So Ben's Brewing Company joined a lot of the other South Dakota breweries. Oh. And so the day starts off, I think, with uh, a beer tasting, and then it moves into a music festival later in the day. Is that correct? Yep, yep. And is that what's happening in the Black Hills too? Is it is it basically the same event, or are they? Are, what are the differences between the two? Yeah, so good question. We were kind of testing it out last year, so uh, it was our first time doing that, and it was a Saturday only, and we did it with Lead South Dakota, and uh, the format was, I think we will probably re rework it a little bit because it was a different, like a small town um, in the Black Hills, so the beer festival was insane. It was so fun. It was packed. Like, we were pretty much at, like, capacity at one point. Yeah. And then... We had it scheduled like the summer classic where it goes until like 11 p.m. with like the headliner going on at like 10 or like 9.30. And everyone tried to get home safe after they'd been drinking for so long. So uh, because they were in lead, they either took lifts like to Deadwood or like like sobered up and then went home. Um, so like our headliner had a good like 300 people there because everyone tried to get home safe. So I think we'll <laughs> probably fix the format where the headliner will go on pretty soon after the beer tasting. So people can like figure out how they're going to get home then. And then, um, yeah, go right. from there <laughs> and remember their experience. Right. Exactly. That too. Yeah. <laughs> That's a long day. Of so, um, I want to talk about the magazine itself because, you know, the, the idea of running a print magazine and somebody going to print magazine or print journalism um, in college in this day and age seems kind of funny because everything has moved digital. And I know you guys play pretty heavy in digital, too, but the magazine is still an amazing product. And um, I guess I want to talk about some of the differences of what you're bringing to the market that that other magazines aren't. So, you know, I cut my teeth uh, working with South Dakota Magazine down here. And uh, mm -hmm. of course, they do a great job of telling South Dakota stories and showing South Dakota photos. Maybe you could tell us the differences as you see them between a magazine like South Dakota Magazine and 605 Magazine. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we actually get that a bit, like quite a bit where people are like, are you guys the same thing? I was like, well, no, just because like we're South Dakota based. I mean, I don't know. Um, no, because South Dakota Magazine, we like I feel so dumb around them because they know so much <laughs> like facts and all the things about South Dakota from like now and back to, you know, like the 1800s. And um, what we specialize in is more like event based and um, just kind of like I, I would say like profiles on human human profiles right. of people in the state. So um, 
that's kind of where we go with it. But yeah, no. Yeah, so you don't tell a lot of history. If you tell if if history's in it, it's it's incidental of just setting the stage of like why Garrettson matters or why Yankton's an interesting town. You it might be just a paragraph instead of a three thousand word story. Exactly. Yeah, they go really really in depth with their stories, and I I can't imagine all the fact checking that they must have to do. So. Right. uh what we really do, too, is uh, especially with our demographics. So our demographics about 25 to 44 and like male and female. Um, and so for the last 10 years, you know, people because of our demographic, they're like, oh, you should do politics. You should do. I don't even know how many times we've gotten asked to talk about legalizing marijuana. <laughs> right. And, and it's like, but you have all to the trend now. Like, right. And the, the, the thing is, is like, while we're interested in that, um, and some people think we're not when we say no. But um, those topics just don't go with what our business model is. Like our model yeah. is we just want to be talking about all the awesome things happening. It's just supposed to be like you're kind of escaping into all the cool businesses and restaurants and people of South Dakota and not getting like too deep into it. So Yeah. So so when you're doing these stories on businesses, I, I wonder, you know, when I was at South Dakota Magazine, we often would – avoid featuring businesses that were new because the idea would be that they might not be there in a year. And um, yeah. so when you have a <laughs> six times a year publishing schedule, and then by the time uh, you come out, you know, a couple months later, that business is no longer there. Do you run into that from time to time? Do you have uh, um, superstitions about featuring businesses that change or don't exist? Oh, yeah, that's totally happened. Uh, the <laughs> We've had a couple times the best was which I felt terrible about. We did a which it's it's hard to do. It's it's the restaurant review, so you want to talk about a newer restaurant, yeah. and uh, it was this Mexican place that was downtown, and it was very weird because our experience was odd. Like we asked for queso, and they brought out nacho cheese like from like a machine, and we were like, what? right. And then they brought out a burrito, and the server uh, put her elbow in it. When she was giving it to us, and then she just kind of like pretended like it didn't happen, and then put it on the table and walked away, and we were like, "What?" <laughs> and so, like, I wrote like review. I always try to be as nice as possible. Like, I tell the experience, but I try to be nice about it. Uh, but then, like three weeks later, when it right when it published, uh, the restaurant had closed due to quote like fire or smoke or something very mysterious that no one truly understood what was going on so like that happened i don't even know if it was fully open when the article came out and then we've had that we've had by the time something publishes people have like gotten divorced that are in the picture like having the company together that's been awkward. oh yeah i think i've i think i've seen that yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. i think i can think of some examples there and i also think yeah. like uh you did yankton this summer and i think um did a really great feature on yankton by the way but uh, i know that one of the businesses is move locations. That's just gonna. That's just gonna happen, you know. Right, right. We try. It just <laughs> it gets hard. Yeah, but you know that's the game you're in. You want to be current and you want to be kind of a pulse, so that if people are out there exploring today, they would know what to expect, right? Right, right. Exactly. So um, I think it's also interesting. I've I've heard you talk about this before, but you love sidebars. So at yes. South Dakota Magazine, again, we would do these, uh, you know, we might have a, our, our feature story might be six, seven pages long, and there might be one or two sidebars. Um, your stories, there's always sidebars, um, which yes. I think is really cool. And it kind of fits into the mindset of, of uh, you know, Facebook generation, which is kind of, if I have a second to look at this, I can still get something Exactly. So what's your thought on sidebars? It's well, yeah, we try to because, you know, so many people exactly read it like BuzzFeed where they're like, I have two minutes or I'm just lazy. So they just skim through it. <laughs> so we try to do like at least a couple sidebars to be like, all right, here's where you can grab it. Or if you're reading it, sometimes people want to take a break and look at sidebars. I'm a huge fan of sidebars. It's the best. Well, and I'm sure that there's a lot of people who, uh, you know, they might pick it up in a restaurant and, and the photos you feature in there are amazing. So you could page through that, keep a conversation going and still pull out some information by having all those cool sidebars. But uh, the photos, by the way, You've put a lot of work into that, and I know that uh, you all kind of are involved in photography, but the few times I've ran into you out there in the field, it seems like you're always hanging out with a world-class photographer of, of some sort. So 
why the emphasis on photography and why not just doing it yourself always? Yeah, um, we we've had our staff only mainly for photography the last like five years or so. So we have really taken the time to train ourselves uh, because we're the ones traveling all the time. So, you know, say like I go somewhere by myself, I've just trained myself because we need to be able to catch the story if we can. But no, yeah, Liz, actually Liz Painter, who was our art director for a couple years, she actually got Midwest Photographer of the Year for the Great Plains Journalism Awards last year, which was really neat. Um, but we just think it's really important to, it's just really important to us, I guess, that, that we're really doing that. And then this last year, starting January, we actually redid our layout because all of us are learning to take uh, better photos. So we want to make the photos bigger and almost more like kind of coffee table style where people can really enjoy them. Cause like before we were kind of collaging them and sometimes yeah. you lose a really good photo in like a small picture. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it's just really important to make it really visual so people can place themselves there. What uh, what is the process for laying out your your magazine and meeting monthly deadlines like? Um, do you have a let's say because these always drop on the first of the month. So if it's February first, that's when you're going to see it coming out. So when are you sending this thing off to print, and and what are your deadlines like? We have about a, a three week turnaround per issue. Like so, uh, it sneaks up on you, and you kind of get a get a head start on it. Otherwise, you're screwed. But um, so yeah, we have about three weeks to get all the content in the layout. We do a lot of the ad creation. So doing photo shoots for that and ad specs and all that. And then, um, trying to get all the sales done on time and trying to sneak them in, which I'm sure you're familiar with trying to yeah. <laughs> get them in last second, if you can get them in. Um, and then we have about a five business day turnaround for print. So I think that's what a lot of people don't understand is the print process. The yeah. you're relying so much on your printer. And for example, like with the weather we just had, that's going to like, we totally had, we got shut down because I shut down the roads. So that stops your product. And you just kind of are really relying on that printer to get you your, your stuff. So it's a lot. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, it's a highly competitive business. You know, one of the things I did at South Dakota magazine was move around shopping the magazines, printing jobs to places all over the country because uh, it's pretty competitive out there. Oh, yeah. um, it used to be, I think, printed just in Sioux Falls, South Dakota Magazine. And then when they got to a certain scale, it was like the finances weren't adding up. And so all of a sudden, everybody was knocking on the door. Um, yeah. Where are you yeah. guys printed at, by the way? We are with Publication Printers, and that's out of Denver right now. Yeah. So, which, um, like, you, so, you know, you want to be local, but like you said, like we've gotten quotes and it's either like thousands of dollars more or again, the turnaround will lose like three days. They're like, well, that will take eight days to get back to you, which is like right. three days and publishing is huge. Yeah, it's it, and it's one of those things where some of these people are are cranking out thousands of publications like yours. So mm -hmm. dealing with your project is not that big of a deal to them. And um, what we found locally sometimes was. It was a very big deal. And, um, you know, just kind of getting the, the industry dialed into the product you needed. But so that brings my next question. Are you going to be in the print business in five years and 10 years? I would hope so. I really think that local is really still a big deal. So people like to open up the magazine and kind of deal with all of the local aspect of it. Uh, we but when you talk about local, are you talking... Yes. I'm sorry to interrupt you there, but um, no. are you talking Sioux Falls? Are you talking the state of South Dakota? Because your coverage area covers quite an area. So um, I feel like if you're doing a print product, it's kind of hard to be local sometimes for the audience in Watertown or Rapid City. You know, you, we're on right. digital. You can just kind of tag that and very easily make content just for them. Yeah, I think we're hoping to keep growing it. Like we got a lot of more... Uh outdoor racks that we're going to put into a lot of different towns like Watertown and like Custer, Deadwood and places like that. And I think what's I also heard Yankton too. And Yankton. That's very true too. Yes. I'm very pumped about that. Um, yeah. So we're going to hopefully grow that. And then I think what's going to continue, like why we would need to continue with print is we're really becoming, um, a big deal for tourism. So what people like want to know for like the summertime or all of that. And so I think hopefully like with, South Dakota tourists and with tourists coming into South Dakota, I think that's why we'll probably be continuing to do the print 
as well as, of course, like growing our online because we want to reach as many people as we can. So, right. So, how about your digital footprint? Because it seems like that has been, I mean, your videos make me laugh out loud. I mean, I, I saw the video you guys did for 605 Running Company, which I assume is was an ad, but they have a running club. And, uh, you know, you can tell me the story about or tell us the story about that ad. Oh, yeah. but it didn't feel like an ad. <laughs> yeah, we try to we try to work with like clients in different ways. Um, so, yeah, we did a whole deal where the staff got to try that. They have a 605 run. Um, and I think it's like 605 p.m. on Wednesdays. And uh None of us are really athletic, so they got they had us in and like got us all dolled up with their awesome gear. I actually ended up leaving with some of their shoes because they're awesome. Uh, but then we ended up doing the the run and kind of got sidetracked and went to a brewery and started drinking. And then the running crew came back and got us, and uh, <laughs> we continued running. And so it was it was pretty fun. Yeah, I think it started off with your staff being like, "Hey, did you know there's a running club? It's at six o five p.m. And do you think they'd let us?" drink beer? Well, I, I hope so. <laughs> and so uh, you you spend the inordinate amount of time getting laced up and ready and getting all the right gear. And then you run immediately to wood grain brewing <laughs> and right. start pounding some beers. It's <laughs> the way, you know? <laughs> yeah, I like it. Well, and that is why we get into so many of those hobbies like biking and running and stuff is because it helps justify us having a beer or two. Exactly. You got to treat yourself afterwards. <laughs> no, yeah. So we so the, do some video and like have, have it be like fun content and not just like straightforward, you know, ad in your face kind of deal. And uh, and also usually when we do a video, it's because the content's just like fun in general too. Right. Do you think that the people who read the magazine um, in print are the same people who read it online or are you hitting different clientels, different demos? I think that's a, a it's a good way to reach a lot of different demos. Like I'm sure the people who are picking it up that are in their like 50s, 60s, like I we get a lot a wide range of people who come up to us all the time, like especially when we're filling the magazines. I've had like adorable grandmas be like, "I love it." I don't think she's watching the videos. Right. <laughs> but um I do know a lot of people uh we really push it on social media too. So some people tell me that they grab a copy, bring it to work or home. They'll read a little bit of it, but then they'll get reminded by Instagram and stuff to to read the an article online that they missed or didn't have the time to read yet. So um, I think it's a good mix, which is nice. Or some people are just only online. Some people are like, I don't even know who picks it up because I only read the website. So I'm like, oh, well, that's good. Well, for my you. favorite <laughs> video you ever did, I've I've talked to you about this before, um, but is the We Are the World remake, you know, the 1980s uh, classic. Yes. So tell us about that video. Mm. So that was more like a, a bucket list thing for me. Uh, but, so I had been fr uh, friends with a lot of artists and a lot of uh, really cool people. And I had just been joking around in the office. It was about, you know, getting there for Christmas time. And I was like, what if we did our own local We Are the World? And John hated the idea, thought it sounded super <laughs> stupid. And at the time, we didn't really do any of our own like video and stuff. But I had a couple friends that did video. Uh, Dan Thorson did a lot of it who's a photographer in town, but, um, but yeah, so then he's like, all right, we'll do your thing. I'll support you. But if it's embarrassing, I'm going to not support you <laughs> and step back <laughs> and whatever. So, uh, gosh, I don't even know how many people I got in there. I think it was like 15 to 20, just like singers. And then I, and then we had like 30 to 40, uh, people for the chorus, but we did it at cat house studios in Sioux Falls. And, um, Everyone showed up and everyone was so nice. I only had a couple people who were like kind of wary about coming because they're like, what's happening? But uh, everyone showed up and was kind of like, so what are we doing? And I had the scripts all done. And uh, the way I got everyone kind of to relax was I brought in some mimosas and some uh, <laughs> some drinks for people. So after a couple of drinks, kinda... and everyone was like, ready? Yeah, it seemed like <laughs> they were a little loose. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there's one. I won't say which one, but like you can tell, he's he's feeling uh, it. He had a couple screwdrivers, <laughs> I think, before he sang. Um, was it was it Mike Mike Huther? Uh, it was Mike Huther. No, no, <laughs> no. Yeah, we even had like the mayor come in. Yeah, that was crazy. Sean uh, Cable and, and and Mike Huther were singing a duet together. That was pretty cool. Oh yeah, it was adorable too because Sean was like walking him through it because uh, he was super <laughs> nervous, and then. Uh, we even had like a mascot from the the stampede to like pretend to sing, and 
it was a hoot. It was like one of the funnest days of my life. Like everyone was in such a fun mood. And then once we finished it, it was like all day. Then like everyone kind of went out and continued to drink together. And it was, <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Um, and then we had a, we are the world party where we did the release at icon and Santa Claus showed up to support us. Cause he was in the video and, um, all the people from Salvation Army showed up and it was a really cool deal. Uh, it was, it was seriously a hoot. Like, and everyone was really talented too. Uh, that saying besides, you know, like me and God bless, uh, Miss Teen South Dakota, Chef Dominique and uh, (laughs) Miss Teen South Dakota tried. She gave us her best, but. (laughs) Uh, Well, and there was some, uh, there was some auto tuning going on there too. It seemed like there were some highly produced areas, which were kind of fun. You know, yeah, it was (laughs) those areas. I kind of sneak in, you can tell where that kind of shows up, but uh, (laughs) yeah, no, Cahouse Studios though did a great job making all of us not sound terrible. So that was five years ago, and YouTube tells me 181,000 views. It kind of seems like you should have another bucket bucket list video and one up this thing. <laughs> I know. I just don't know what. I'll have to think well, of it. so you've you've really made this big push into the Black Hills. Maybe you need to do something similar out there for for that audience because that was uh... very Sioux Falls centric, don't you think? It was yes, um, and I know actually some a group of people. A year or two later, tried to do their own version and did Fleece Navidad, uh, which <laughs> I think was pretty good. But I didn't really, you know, um, so I don't know what type of video I would do. But, yeah, I, th- I feel like it's it's been five years. It's time to think of something. It's time. Well, and that brings me to another topic. So I know it's also time that I hope you were OK talking about this, but you have a baby coming. Oh, yeah. I know. It's crazy to life. <laughs> So, you know, babies are very big in branding and in, um, in, I mean, for online videos. The question is, will we see your baby featured in the magazine and in the online products? Or are you going to create a wall and say, nope, my kids are not going to be a product? Oh I'm gosh. totally fine putting my kids online. Right, right. Um, I don't know. I probably, right now, I'm probably not going to really involve. It's, it's hard, too, because I know actually other publishers who do whatever they're doing in life and what they're interested in. And it sneaks into their magazine. And like, there are actual people who put a photo of their kid in every issue. (laughs) And it's just, (laughs) it's just not what I'm going to do. I kind of like, I mean, we're part of our magazine, but I don't like to be like in everyone's face with it. So yeah, no, yeah. I might pull a Kanye West and say right now that uh, it will not be in Keeping Up with the Kardashians, but we will see. <laughs> so <laughs> so when are you due? Uh, July 24th. So a month July after 24th. the classic. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're going to you're going to be loving that summer heat. Yeah. And I usually am like, you know, running around with all the like beer refills and all the stuff. So <laughs> we're trying to figure out who's going to help me because I'll obviously need to be like sitting. <laughs> so. Yeah. Take it easy a little bit. Yeah. It's going to change some stuff. Uh, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, everybody's got their own version of what kids are. I can tell you that this morning I, I had a latte, no flavor, four shots and a coffee because I just, I haven't been sleeping too well because of sick kids. I've got a three-year-old and a one-year-old and it's, uh, they're a blessing. They, they tell you, but it's right. days when you're like, Oh my goodness. Um, but no, you're gonna, you're gonna love it. And I think it's going to change how you look at everything, but, uh, you know, can't yeah. really know it till you see it. It's true. Well, and yeah, this has been pretty much my baby for however long, 10 years. So it, right. I know definitely it'll probably change how I look at my workload and all that. So that'll be interesting. Well, yeah, because you've got a, one of those businesses that you can't not ship. You have to you have to deliver the product because everybody's depending on you for their ads and everything. So the deadlines are still going to be there. Um, you're just going to have to figure out your flow. And you know, I'm in a bar business, and so you can imagine nights, weekends, holidays, all you're that, right. and what what that means to family and kids. And it's uh, you you find your way, you know. Right. Well, thank you. It made me feel better. I'm getting a little panicky. Oh, yeah. You'll be fine. <laughs> You'll be fine. Um, it's not like both of you work at the magazine. Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, crap. <laughs> That's true. Um, well, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and talk to Alana about podcasts and about more of 605 Magazine.
the presenting sponsor of The Lanyard is Ben's Brewing Company. We are a brewery, tap room, and speakeasy located in Yankton, South Dakota. Our beers are on tap in several South Dakota cities. Visit us online at bensbrewing.com. Good people drink Ben's beer. So we're back here with Alana Snyder of 605 Magazine, and uh, we're talking on a podcast, and I know you have a podcast. I just listened to a recent episode. Tell me about the pod and uh, where you see that going in the future. Yes, the podcast. Yeah, I love the podcast. Um, We started that in 2016, and it is me, uh, Vani Harari, who goes by V the Noble One. I don't know. He's like everywhere, but he does a little (laughs) hip-hop. He owns Think 3D. He's all over the place. Um, And he's my co-host. And then we have Brian Bieber, who is our producer and actually makes it listen like where you can listen to it. Uh, because I could not produce my own uh, podcast, but um, it's a really fun. It's yeah, the six oh five show. So it's it's just kind of a, another way to talk about events coming up and plug the plug the magazine, but not really like overplug it. And then we have uh, some sponsors, and we talk to some people in the community, and usually have like drinks at different. They like hop around to different restaurants and different venues um, throughout the state. So. Yeah, I'm kind of jealous because see, you have the you already have an advertiser base, so you can say, "Hey, for an additional, you know, X amount, you can be our podcast sponsor." For me, it's like if I want to make a dollar, I gotta like shill for me undies and and uh, whoever <laughs> whoever does these podcast uh, ads. But uh, it's interesting have, because I think you have Core Trust Bank. New. Yeah, it, they're newer, so people are still like like Core Trust. Actually, they actually can no longer going to be our sponsor because uh, they're going to be growing in Minneapolis. Um, yeah. I guess. So we're now we're kind of where, 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 where you are now. So now we're looking for our new sponsors. And um, it's it's interesting because some people either get podcasts or and are excited about it or it's just so new that they're like, who's listening? You know, right, right. Well, and Apple's coming out with more stats. So, you know, the 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 stats are there. The demographics are there. And then just today it was announced that Spotify bought Anchor, which is the platform we use to produce our podcast and so we assume that that anchor um, which i guess represents like 40 percent of all new podcasts is going to just kind of explode over the next year or two so i think you're going to be hearing more of them the question is yeah how do you get the stats and the info to people who want to sponsor but you do it i imagine not as like hey this is a good cash grab because i i know the time you put into it's probably not worth it it's more of a branding thing and an awareness thing is that correct yeah pretty much it's branding and then to make sure that my producer sticks around (laughs) oh (laughs) (laughs) because we need him so well uh, he's he's like a comedy genius too but he's got such a uh, subtle dry sense of humor um brian beaver we're talking about right Oh my god, yeah. He just actually started talking more on the podcast. Yeah. And he is the funniest person. <laughs> like every time he starts talking, he's just so like quiet and like yeah, dry, but like his comedy is so funny. It's spot it, on, yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Cause we just re- we just changed our format around. Cause before we used to have a uh, guest at the beginning and then a guest at the end. So now at the beginning it's like me, V and Brian kind of talk about events together and then Usually Brian now chimes in on the live reads for the ads and he's just so funny. Like pretty much he's worth just listening to it. (laughs) Yes. Um, So tell me about Instagram, social media, what's your strategy there? And um, it seems like, you know, I think you're one of the leaders in telling South Dakota stories online. That's probably, you know, I know like South Dakota Magazine, for instance, going back to them, they they would hint out something about a town or maybe guess the location of this photo. Um, I feel like your social media, again, kind of a different direction of here's what you should know for this weekend or maybe here's a video of a town we featured. So kind of talk about your social strategy. Yeah, uh, we try to be like present and usually do at least one post a day. Um, it just is insane how much everything changes every day. Yeah. Uh, so now we're having way more fun with Instagram story, uh, promoting the stories, uh, that are on our profile there. And then, um, we're using Instagram story a lot for like our travels. 
to kind of show where yeah. we're at and to um, just try to be like, we try to be funny with it too. So um, Instagram, we have a lot of fun with. We kind of are trying to figure out like dabbling into the live part of it, but um, we'll see there. Stay tuned. Uh, but yeah, we, we turn some of our articles into videos like come visit um, because that's about a whole town. We usually make that into like a video format as well. Um, yeah, we're just trying to really be out there and remind people about what's in the magazine and, and also another way to really showcase our, our photography and video because I mean, it's, it's not like not a waste to only have it in the magazine, but we want to share it as much as we can because we, again, take time to really take a lot of our own photos. Have you messed around with Snapchat much? We did. We had a Snapchat phase. Uh, and we had a lot of fun with it, but we haven't really gotten back into it. We used to do uh, ride-alongs where we would actually have people come with us to deliver the magazine, um, a.k.a. we'd go to, like, six places with these people. But we'd, like, goof around <laughs> with people in the car, and then we'd do, like, either games or we'd just have fun with, like, having these, like, guests deliver the magazine. And that was a lot of fun, but uh, it kind of got to be a thing where, like – you know it's like half of a day or like a couple hours so <laughs> we we stopped doing that but it was very popular sometimes like people you're liked like it. we should just go deliver the magazines now <laughs> and get back to work <laughs> exactly we're like so this is fun for us but we could probably be productive instead but right. <laughs> which is a hard Who, line yeah so who's producing most of your content is it is it you on on social or i mean i don't is John is somebody else in your team is it it seems like the personality is tied very closely to you but yeah yep I do the social and then um Kyle is in our office and she helps me share it on like Instagram and Twitter so um I usually start with Facebook and and try to get some of it like some of it scheduled or I'll just usually do it by like per day because I'm never that organized and then she'll take it from Facebook and help me share it because otherwise you sit there for like, you know, 40 minutes trying to make sure it's everything's tagged. And then, but then usually I do the Instagram story. So. Right. Well, I thought one thing that was kind of cool too, when you guys did a story on Yankton, uh, you did feature Ben's Brewing Company in the copper room. But one of the things you did is by bringing in that really amazing photographer with you is you were able to sell me those photos, which I was then able to you know, enhance my social presence and enhance some of the things that I'm doing for promotions because, you know, rather than me having to go hire a separate photographer, you were saying, hey, we're already here and we have a plan for that. If, I think that's cool. Have you had many people take you up on your creative services and your photography? We have actually. Yeah, no, that was one of those, you know, it's weird with business, uh, which I'm sure like you've had where uh, we we just kept telling people like people would ask for photos and we're like well no it's for the magazine but thank you yeah. and then after a while we're like why aren't we just like having a decent price and just giving like selling them to them so then yeah, it's give like, them what they want but right yeah so and we just started doing that a year ago so we're like oh we could have been doing this for a while but um so yeah that's been really cool and then yeah with that we have people when we're shooting like they're like oh do you ever shoot for like menus or do you ever shoot um, like, or if we do a video, people are like, Oh, could you come back and do a video for us maybe? So we've actually started 605 creative co, um, and have slowly been getting, uh, clients with that. So we've been doing some, we've been hired for like real estate photos from people seeing our house articles. And, um, we've done some, uh, we did ACLU, uh, their campaign for their last, um, event that they had. And it's been really neat. It's been really, really cool and really fun to get hired out. Like John's going out to Spearfish to do Spearfish Canyon Lodge for video. Um, so that's been another nice way, too, to grow the company and uh, utilize all the equipment we have, too, which has been cool. And we're already right. out there, so might as well. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so did you have – have you ran into things over the years of people using your content without uh, without permission? And, and how did you respond to that? And I guess I'll start with telling you – you know, some things that I'm currently involved in, like, so I have this campaign called I Love Yankton, and it's basically just a a brand for photos and videos I take of this area and oh, yeah. put out some decent quality, but, you know, they start showing up on everybody's uh, Facebook banners and their photos and, um, you oh, know, no. the people download them and then they, they put them up and, and might give you credit, but they don't necessarily like just share your original <laughs> posts, which would help 
you know, get me more likes or views. And it's kind of frustrating well, why because would they? I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's kind of frustrating because you want to say, well, yeah, I want you to love Yankton too, and I want you to have pride in this area, and it's flattering you like my work. But at the same point, it's kind of like, what if I wasn't local? Would you steal my work? <laughs> if I was somebody right. else, you'd probably just pay. Have you ran into that where it's kind of like you guys are the good guys? You always show up at tourism conferences, so can't we just use your photos to promote our area for free? Right. Um, no, we've actually done, people have been pretty good. I mean, people will always go for it and be like, Hey, can I have that? And I'll credit you. Yeah. It's like, well, that's awesome. But, um, <laughs> it took us like how, like, I don't think people understand the, the process of what like right. you and I do behind the scenes for those photos and, and things like that. Um, and it's just kind of like an artist, you know, like with like painting and stuff, like you don't know how many hours it took or all of that. And, um, right. But for the most part, we've been pretty lucky. At the very beginning, we had, you know, someone not ask, and then like they're like like a band, like one of I won't say what band, but one of our <laughs> photos from that was taken for the magazine was then used for like um, a, a newspaper to promote. Like it was the full cover, and it was for their uh, upcoming concert. Yeah. And so that was kind of frustrating because it's like I'm not I didn't take photos to be your promotional. like you know stuff and it's like and if you want them i'd love to talk to you but so but but the newspaper is not going to pay you so yeah well right so it's been it's been good and um obviously we've had stuff too where we've had an intern or two um work on an online piece where we find out later like you know whoever was managing them didn't catch that they just grabbed photos from facebook too yeah (laughs) so then you know then of course i understand and i call the company and i'm like i am so sorry because we should know better because we don't like this either so uh it's been good though but but yeah no you gotta get those people then you can't yeah that's right (laughs) so tell me about the um dainty obsessions tell everybody what it is and why you're doing it Oh, actually, I could announce something. I haven't actually told anyone yet. Um, we are doing like a formal deal coming up here. Um, so maybe don't <laughs> release it until maybe I tell you because of the clients. But uh, <laughs> we are actually rebranding it. Danny Obsessions uh, is a Midwest wedding magazine and blog. And um, it's like coffee table style. So it's a little taller, a little thicker. And it has like real weddings, uh, engagement stories, newlyweds at home, a bunch of stuff like that. And I started it in 2012. Um, and that's in, like Barnes and Noble and Lewis and Hy-Vee and you purchased that. So that was a learning curve, figuring out biopads where you scan it and all that different stuff. But because of the changes in my life and starting a family, I am actually now going to stop doing Danny and I'm doing 605 weddings and we're going to do oh. the South Dakota only. So, okay. So, so you were trying to be into different markets like the twin cities with Dainty and now you're going to just keep it in the yeah. South Dakota borders. Yeah. I mean, it was cool. We were known, like people knew us in Minneapolis. We were all the way in like Wisconsin and, um, and we were doing really well and it was awesome, but I was having to actually drive all over the Midwest all year long, as well as all over South Dakota. And it just became too much for me. What's the, what's the production of that look like? So how many pages are in 605 magazine? How many pages in dainty? Um, Maybe give us an idea of the scope of work for dainty. So for 605, we're at about a hundred pages now and we have around 135 pages for dainty. And that was, uh, biannual. So I think that was a four month turnaround for each issue, which is more time, but, uh, for all the different real weddings and getting permission. And, um, cause that one's not like, you know, our photography. So we have to be getting all these things signed and making sure that sharing people's work is okay. And, um, so that's a huge process, but yeah, we, it was really cool. We've won a lot of awards for that, for layout. And, um, that was really, really cool. And we're going to continue that type of content with 605 weddings, but, it's probably going to be like free, like 605 magazine is and come out once a year, which opens up production time for me, which is nice. <laughs> so it seems like that would be a natural to have some sort of a, 
a showcase event for, but you probably don't want to add more to your plate. But I mean, you could do a 605 wedding show, right? And uh, get all the brides and engaged people in one room and introduce yeah. them to the photographers and all the people in the state. But we did that, that with Danny and it was exhausting. <laughs> it was, oh, really? Yeah. We had like a really epic, like we had, well, probably because I overdid it too. Not only was it a wedding show, but I made it into like where for an hour you do like five re- like fake real weddings instead of doing like a traditional <laughs> like fashion show. I had five fake marriages happen. Um, so that was a lot of work, but it was really fun. Uh, this last year we did a Danny workshop and that was super cool. And I would be totally interested in doing that again with six of five weddings. But we did that at the Washington Pavilion and we had uh, we did the format where people got up on stage and it was like. 12 to eight months, we had four people get up and talk about, uh, professionals talk about like what you should be doing and like their advice. And then people got to interact and ask questions, almost kind of like conference style. Um, and it was really, really cool. And people had like their laptops out or taking notes. And um, that was really cool. I would be interested in something more like that. Yeah. Well, um, you know, it's a world that I don't relate to, but I understand that uh... – there's there's a whole market and a lot of money in that business um and you know the first experience i had working with 605 magazine was years ago and i think jeff sampson was the photographer and he's a big wedding photographer so you know oh, yeah. again it's your connections in that industry that's probably made that business a no-brainer yeah yeah no he's amazing no yeah all of our vendor i'm really close with all of our vendor friends too and obviously i was closer with all the south dakota vendors so it's i'm really excited to brainstorm and work with all of the vendors throughout the state too because i have a lot of black hills friends that i have and um the black hills are booming with weddings it's insane so it's getting harder and harder to book your stuff out there and is there a style known to each area like for instance uh does a black hills wedding look the same as a sioux falls wedding uh i guess it's a little more modern in sioux falls but i guess trends are still pretty much the same like there's still a lot of blush, a lot of those things. Like um, I would imagine on the Black Hills, you'd have obviously all the epic scenery for for photos, right? Right, um, right. So d- does that come into the wedding itself where it's a little bit more rustic and uh, mountainy? Yeah, it's been it's been a struggle for them because if you ask Black Hills people, they're super over rustic. And I think all the professionals are trying to figure out modern ways to work with your rustic vision but then add and make it a little more modern, which has been really cool. When you started the magazine, was was the Black Hills a focus right away or did that kind of evolve? Because I assume just the, the nature of driving there was a challenge. And, you you know, you, you, you write what you know. And if you're surrounded by cool things in Sioux Falls every day, that's probably what you focus most on. Is that fair? Yeah. And I, I guess I didn't think when I started it that it would have potential to grow all the way out there. Uh, yeah. I'm really glad I chose 605 as a name. That was lucky. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, no, I think it took us four years to get out to the Black Hills. Um, and I have family out there. So it was nice to be able to stay out there. Um, but we're out there so much. We're actually in the process of planning and building a cabin in the Black Hills so we can have a home base and actually stay there for like a week if yeah. we need to or more. Um, right. And then we're going to brand it like the 605 cabin and have it have like photos from our magazine and stuff like that. And then kind of use it as an Airbnb or a place that people can rent to when yeah, we're not there. Yeah, your current issue, your current issue, you've got tips on how to become a great Airbnb host. Oh, I'm obsessed with it. Like, especially now that we're building the cabin, <laughs> I like study. I'm like, all right, and then I'm going to have this and that. And, oh, it's going to be a lot of the one, The one Airbnb experience I had, so I'm really into, you know early adapter of a lot of ideas and so like when there was airbnb out there it was like let's do that and so when my wife and i went to manhattan we thought let's airbnb it and we got this cool place looked great online and it was filthy when we got there and that was kind of my lesson of my wife kind of being like can't you ever do anything normal can't you ever just like get a hotel like somebody else but i think that's changed and the ratings and everything have uh, really brought that world along but that's why off ones though i had one yeah well first off the bed was like a brick and then i went to the bathroom and um they had like a cute basket for the towels for the guests 
but the cat made it into a cat bed. (laughs) (laughs) So like everything was filled with cat hair. And I was like, oh, cute. Mm." (laughs) But then you have amazing ones that are like epic. Like most of them are great experiences, but then, yeah, you do have your, your doozies, but then they get raided for it. So. Well, that same trip to uh, Manhattan, you know, that was also when I was introducing my wife to the wonderful world of Uber, too. And when we were uh, going to Soho for for dinner, we took this Uber and uh, we wrote the directions down and and this driver acknowledged it. He plugged it into his phone, but he, you know, he put in South instead of North on the street. And so Mm -hmm. all of a sudden we see the Brooklyn bridge coming up and we're like, whoa, 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 wait, stop. And uh, it became this ordeal where we were basically, I don't know if you'd say kidnapped, but he wasn't going to let us out (laughs) because, because he wanted to have the rating. He knew he could get fired if he wasn't, if, if it wasn't done right. So he was going to take us to our spot and he's like, we're going to go to my bank, my ATM, and I'm going to get money and I'm going to pay you, but you have to pay me. And we're just like, nope, we're getting out. We're getting out of this car Whoa, now. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it, it just got very kidnappy. And that was, again, the same trip. And my wife's like, so why can't we take a taxi again? <laughs> like, Sorry. Did Thanks you for going along. Did you privileges there after that? Or? <laughs> <laughs> I did, yes. I just listened. And uh, you, you picked the day. <laughs> right, exactly. So <laughs> tell me about the coverage area real quickly. I want to know about like, you know, again, if we're talking comparisons, and I apologize for continuing to do that, but I know oh, God, South, South Dakota Magazine well. But So like they would cover... Piedmont and Edgemont and Pier and every every town in the state because that's uniquely South Dakotan. And um, for you, have you focused more on metro areas, so to speak, as opposed to rural? Yeah, I guess it's more where we're at because we're it's kind of our own issue that we really want to be the ones taking the photos. So uh, it makes it a little harder to do yeah. so, so many places that are further away or from us. So, yeah, I'd say like a big chunk of our of our content is, you know, Rapid City slash Black Hills. We get we get out in the Black Hills pretty well, though. Like we'll go to Deadwood for a day or Hill City or whatever. But, yeah, um, that's why we did come visit. We started that because we wanted to, to challenge ourselves to get out there more and go to different towns and say, right, here are three places you should go if you're there. So, um that's really helped a lot and I'm hoping to be able to grow that more. And we're also hoping to do that more with the podcast too, is to be able to do some road trips and we just got the equipment to be able to travel with the podcast. So I think that'll be cool too. Yeah. Well, one of the other things that I think is really cool about what you're doing is I think there's a trend going on right now where everything has become more efficient and, and so going more national worldwide, but yet there are industries where that's not true. One of them is brewing. One of them's coffee. And you have focused on industries like that too, brought some attention to people who are creating cool things that aren't scalable right here. So, you know, music might be another one, but you've got Brewers Row, you've got the 605 Roasters sections. You want to tell us a little bit about those? Yeah. No, yeah. I'm obsessed with South Dakota. And so, um, like if you saw my house, Actually, probably one of my worst obsessions is uh, South Dakota art. <laughs> like, I think I have 20-some pieces that I've collected over the last 10 years. And, I like, every year I have, like, one or two local artists that I want to buy pieces from. Um, not great for my credit card or my uh, – I almost said my checkbook <laughs> because I'm 80. Um, but, yeah, no, so along with that, I just love all South Dakota stuff. Like, we just did Pineclad Candle Co., and that's like local candles. And so, of course, like local beer and uh, coffee is I'm like obsessed with it. So then, yeah, we decided to create some sections to really showcase what's going on each month um, with the brewers, including you coming up here, you talented beast. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> we're, we're trying to get more statewide with it. So we started with Brewers Row, which is just in downtown Sioux Falls. And now uh, we're going to try to get a sprinkle of all over the state for featuring uh, a beer from a couple, I think it's about eight to 10 breweries throughout the state. And then we have uh, right now about six roasters, but I mean, the industries are both growing so fast and uh, everyone's just, I love everyone's unique branding and it's been, it's been really fun. And it's also nice because then we get to try beers and coffee on along the way. So, (laughs) 
Right. Well, and I just feel like those kind of things build some sort of synergy too, where if, uh, if you believe in what we're doing and we believe in what you're doing, it seems like we can grow our audiences together and, uh, right. you know, build some legitimacy about what we're trying to do here. And it probably speaks to part of the reason why we stay in South Dakota is, is because we believe in it and we believe it can be there. I mean, is that your story? Have you thought about moving somewhere else or is this, is this it for you? Yeah, I've had, I've had people talk to me about like, oh, have you thought about, you know, creating a magazine for different states or like the same kind of model? And, and yeah, no, I just am really, I've always been really, really uh, passionate about South Dakota. And I think it even grows more each year that I'm doing the magazine because I just get so like re-energized when I go to different towns and meet new people and see what everyone's up to. So I don't really have any plans to really move anywhere. The, the cool part about South Dakota is it's like it's so awesome in itself and then you can travel and like go somewhere really cool for a week and then come back and be here i always say that whenever i go somewhere like day three or four i'm like this has been fun but i want to be home (laughs) oh yeah absolutely (laughs) (laughs) i I feel like i'm not really missing out on anything because i'm you know i'm near an airport so if i if i need to go get something i can go get it and come back and and uh you know, for me too, one thing we have in Yankton that you don't have is, uh, you know, my commute's five blocks oh, <laughs> and yeah, no, uh, nice. I have no such thing as traffic here. And, uh, except like at three twenty-five in the afternoon when school's getting out, if you avoid the, the roads at that time, you're good. Right. I love Yankton. It's so pretty. Yeah, we, uh, we, I think we're starting to get our comeuppance and, and, you know, you guys, by doing a feature on us last year, we did see several people come in who were friends of mine, people I've known in, for years in Sioux Falls, but they're like, this is the first time I've ever been in Yankton. And uh, I think it was you challenging them with a few, few things to do, you know, like, Hey, here's an insider. Don't waste your time going out, go eat a meal here, go right. drink a beer here. All those shortcuts kind of make you feel like, well, I know even if it's a bad experience, we're going to have a good pizza. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. And it's actually been neat too. Like whenever we go places, like someone will come up to me and be like, all right, I have to go to this town for work. Do you know of any of the restaurants or whatever? Right. And I think one of the coolest things was uh, this girl I know was talking to me and she asked me for any updates on any Black Hills places I had been and said that she started a binder with like cutting out <laughs> with all of our articles because her family was planning a trip for this big like week week and a half Black Hills vacation and they had been saving all the different places to stop at and I thought that was super cool. Well, I think that's uh I think you're doing a great service. I want to ask you if there are any upcoming features in in a in the magazines ahead that we should be looking forward to. Well, the next is the barn restaurant issue, which is always very popular because, shocker, people love to eat and drink. <laughs> I miss drinking. Uh, but <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Uh, it comes back. It comes September. back. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we I actually just got back from uh, the Black Hills, and we featured uh, an A&D Jamaican restaurant. So it's like a full-on like Jamaican restaurant from with a Jamaican family and no one I talked to had heard about it, but I heard about it from one of my friends there. And so that was an interesting experience. There's no menu descriptions. And uh, it's just straight up this adorable Jamaican mother giving me jerk chicken and oxtail. And I don't know really exactly what all the ingredients were, but it's going to be an interesting write-up because I don't know what to say. Uh, and then we're doing like four ethnic places that if you don't know about it, uh, you should know about them and try them out for restaurants. Um, just a lot of good Good eating, uh, Fork Well in Rapid City. That's a restaurant that it's just you pay whatever you can to have a nice like restaurant meal, wow. and um, yeah, like whatever the situation is. So that's that was really really cool to see. Um, so those are just a couple of them, but yeah, it should be a really fun, cool visual issue. And if people haven't read you before or seen your product, what's the easiest way they can interact with you? Well, there are a couple of ways, Ben. You can pick up the hard copy um, at free locations. You can go to our website, which has all of the articles either there on, or you can like look at it as the issue on the issues page. Um, or we so have that's 605magazine.com? Yep, 605magazine.com. And then if you go to your app uh, deal, you can look up 605 Magazine, and it's a free app, so you can just like skim it through your phone too. 
and you'll get notified when the new issue comes out. So, well, I think I learned a few things today, and uh, more appreciative of print journalism. You made a good decision when you went into college, so uh, congratulations on getting to live out one of your dreams and goals. That's pretty awesome. Oh, thank you. No, I do feel lucky every day that I get to be able to do what I love, so it's, it's been cool. Well, that's it for this week on The Lanyard. We'll be back next week with somebody else creating something cool in their community or creating a cool business. Thanks again for listening to The Lanyard. We'll be back next week with another episode. If you haven't done so yet, feel free to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform, or you can catch us online at anchor.fm slash the lanyard. 